Well, here we go. Trish Bates. Hello. How are you today? I am good. Yes. For those who do not know you, you are the founder of Hollywood Style. Um, Is it Hollywood Style? Like, is it a... Just Hollywood Style. Just Hollywood Style. Yep. Look at that. So listen, so for those that do not know, um, that is a salon. You have two locations, one in Mitchell, South Dakota, one in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Yes. What in the world would make you do such a thing? (laughs) Now... 13-ish years later, I don't know. I have no idea. Why did I do that? No. Um, I uh, actually went to be in the cosmetology industry for this reason. Like, I wanted to own a salon. I wanted to train stylists to be bigger, better, be the best they can be, um, be able to uh, just create a good income in what they love to do um, and support support themselves and do what they do. So my biggest passion of it is just um, training the stylists to be amazing at what they're doing and make a good income at it. So that was I, – I went through all the process and did all the things myself first, you know, did hair for a good – eight to 10 years before I opened my salon to figure out the do's and don'ts of everything and then jumped right in. Still, though, I mean, like, when you're thinking about other people making those type of decisions and um, as a longtime salon husband, yes. um, I'll, I'll give people a little clue into things. Uh, my wife actually works at one of your yes. salons. She's uh, been there for a long time. So as a salon husband, I understand that you know, running salons is this challenging thing. There's a lot of personalities in there, a lot of stuff going on. So to do one, not one, not two, and to be thinking about other people when you're doing that, that's a big deal. You know, you, there's a lot of other things you could have done that were easier or things that would have allowed you to make an impact that might be less stressful. I mean, what gave you the courage to do something like this, and why were you so passionate about developing other people that you would— Put yourself in the eye of the storm. Um, I think that mostly it was, I mean, the developing other people is what keeps me going anyways. Mm. It, it, I wouldn't do it for me or for any 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 other reason than that. But um, I don't know. This industry is just super fun. It's super yeah. fun. And, you know, like when I first um, went into doing it, I wasn't one of those that was like, did everybody's hair in high school or played mm-hmm. with my Barbie's hair. I didn't do any of that. Like the tech not technical part of doing hair wasn't my passion. Um, Just the environment of the salon Mm. environment was so cool. Whenever I went in and was in a salon environment, it was so awesome. And um, the passion that people had for it was super, super cool. So I just really liked that part of the industry. Um, When I decided that that's what I wanted to do, um, like my family was like, oh, you're going to do hair. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe you should go to school first and, you know, get another degree before you do that. And then, like a little uh, skeptical of on course. what that would do. Yeah. Um, I think that fueled my fire a little bit more that I wanted to, like, show people that you could do what you love to do and still, like, have a good income and have yeah. a good career doing it. So over a that decade fueled later. that a little bit, too. Yeah, over a decade later. Take that, family. Yeah, take it. What do you know? <laughs> Well, so so tell me a little bit about your approach. So what is the Hollywood style style? Um, our approach is mostly um, like ideally I like to um, have the fresh, 
fresh babies out of school and um, train them and teach them in the right way, give them a career path, so to say, of um, what they need to do to build their business and build their brand. And every stylist within Hollywood Style has their own brand. So they're their own business within inside a business for the most part. Um, we just tried to cater them into the right direction. We all live under the same culture and the same um ethics that we have as a salon, but they all create their own style and their own sense of clientele. So just kind of leading them along the way and what they do and how they do that. Yeah. So what what is the environment, the energy that you all are looking to create for your customers? You know, everybody, we, we talk about it, um, about that salon being that place where, you know, people could come and they could talk and they could be around a certain type of energy and, yes. and you know, the, the studio psychologist, so to speak. So tell us about that, what, what you're trying to create for your customers in terms of that experience that might be different or um, best in class in your eyes. Sure. I think for like what sets Hollywood Style apart from, I think, a lot of other salons is that um, we're a very um, team-based mm. um Salon. So when somebody comes into Hollywood style, they might be going to a certain stylist, but they're going to get a feel from 10 or 15 other stylists that are, you know, around them. Um, we're all very involved in each other's work. So we might sometimes we call it the Beyonce effect. You might have two or three people working on you at one time just because it could be for a lot of reasons. Yeah. But you, like that is a cool feel, I think, for as a customer and as a stylist, like it makes our jobs a lot more fun um, and it makes the stylist or the the client feel really like, like Beyonce. <laughs> right. That's, that's a good feeling if you feel like Beyonce. Yes, absolutely. For sure. I mean, so, you know, most recently in, in this COVID yes. era, we, we learned a lot of things, which is one of the themes of CultureCon, um, which is figure it out. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but, um, a couple of things we figured out is that people really love getting their hair done. Yeah, because <laughs> when they yeah. couldn't, that was a that was a really really big deal. So number one, I, I think it clues into how much that can affect a person's um, confidence and how they feel about themselves and mm-hmm. their social interactions and things. Let's just talk about that first of all before yeah. we get into kind of how you dealt with COVID. But um, just having that feeling, how in touch are you with how much it means? Um, to people, women in particular, uh, to have this experience and access to this. Yeah, absolutely. I think COVID really uh, brought that to the forefront for us because they they were going to come get their hair done no matter what. I mean, we had a little bit of a shutdown time, but we just took all the precautions and made happen what we could happen because they wanted to come. Um, But it is is a huge impact on anyone, I mean, men and women, but like just feeling good about yourself just – stems from everything, mm-hmm. you know, it, emotionally and physically. And it just really, um, it really does impact who you are and how your day goes and how you feel about yourself, whether it's it's how you feel when you leave the salon or the mm-hmm. the fact of, you know, the connection you have with your stylist and just the conversations you have in the salon. Like it really, um, it just, we like we have a lot of conversations about we're just their daymaker and yeah. that feels amazing. Like that's yeah. the coolest part about what we do. Yeah, that's awesome. And it feels good when you can really affect what people do. And again, I think sometimes when people think about being able to do things for people, they think about these kind of grandiose things, you know, and, and yeah. sometimes they don't think about making a person feel good and how that can change the person's entire outlook on how they approach the day, the week or month. And yes. So it was a really, really valuable service. 
something that I probably wouldn't appreciate. But like I said, I'm, I'm a long time a salon husband, so I understand the experience a little bit. The other thing is you're working in an environment managing two <laughs> with a whole lot of women in it. <laughs> yep. Whole a whole lot, lot of them. energy, a lot of estrogen in that <laughs> situation, a lot of women. And, you know, with that, there's just the natural realities of having 14 to 20 some odd women here and, and, and what you have in Mitchell. Like, how do you manage all of that energy? <laughs> I don't know. No. Um, you know, when I first started doing this, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no clue what I was doing. Um, I had a business coach, and so he just told me what to do, and I just did it. Like, mm-hmm. everything was really black and white to me. Like, it was, like, this is what they said to do. Like, it's proven. It worked. I'm just going to do it. And I did that for a lot of years, just black and white. This is the rules. This is how we mm-hmm. do things. This is, is what it is. And um, as I learned through the years and as I, like, progressed into things, um, obviously women mm-hmm. are not black and white. <laughs> um, no. Not even a little bit. So every um, every person in the salon has a different um, personality, something different that drives them, a different motivation. Um, so you really have to adapt to that. But it's probably um, I quit doing hair, like technically, physically doing hair about 10 years ago now. And ever since then, I've I've like had the pleasure, which is what I love to do, of like coaching the staff to Mm -hmm. be there, be what they can be. And I love that so much. It's probably my favorite thing to do. But in doing that, you get to you're personally like involved in every part of their life. So um, you just really adapt to that and you you just have to be creative of what what drives them because it is very, very different for every <laughs> single person. And there's like there's I could literally say out of the 30 people that work there, there's not one person that has the same goal as somebody else. So or or the same motivations or the same drive or what what gets them going. So it is very challenging, but also um, I mean, it, it helps you grow in every aspect of your life. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this was a unique opportunity for me because obviously having my wife come home and we would do the how's your day type of thing. And I'm sure it was probably a little bit frustrating for her because she would talk about whatever issue, frustration, pain point she might have. And naturally, this is what I do. <laughs> and so, you know, um, after 10 years of marriage, I've learned the difference between listening and fixing and one of the things that we talked about with, with my wife and I was so difficult for me is not fix like this is what I do you know let me do something yes. and um and uh, that never really worked out until recently so we have had an opportunity to work with you all which was yeah. glorious for me because that means my wife had to listen to me a little <laughs> bit and so that was super fun but it was so nice to be able to touch it because obviously, especially from the Sioux Falls location, a lot of these women I've known for a really long time. And and um, and obviously they're, they're all close friends of my wife and things of that nature. And so for me, it was really exciting to get to work with you guys and um, and do what we could to enhance the culture. What made you do that? Because, you know, you you all were, you know, pretty successful. And we, we talk about this quite a bit, that the misconception about us is that we work with better uh, bad cultures, but bad cultures don't call us, mm-hmm. right? It's always right. people who want to get better, and those are the places you want to be. You want to be with people who want to get better. Right. What made you want to do that? What made you want to go through the work of trying to enhance and, and kind of be really intentional about uh, the culture and how it works, especially when you have folks that are thought of as many cases as independent contributors. You know, they're coming in and doing their thing. What made you want to invest in that? What made you want to give the time, energy, and effort um, to do that? 
Um, I think one of the things you just said is being intentional about it. I think that's the biggest thing. I think um, at Hollywood Style, we ha- we have a great culture. Like we mm-hmm. we have, we've created it, we've grown it, we've um, we've we've done that from the very beginning. I think so. We have a great culture, but we um, you have to live your culture intentionally yeah. every day. You can't just um, like just hope it hope it happens. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one of the big things because on a on a monthly basis we go from like good culture to bad culture to good mm-hmm. culture to bad mm-hmm. you know like our culture goes like this because it's whether we have a good month or a bad mm-hmm. month or this person's good and affects the whole salon or this person's bad and affects the whole salon so it's every day we have to intentionally live in that culture um so i think that's one of the things it just always has to be in the forefront of our minds so having um you guys come in and and just have those conversations mm-hmm. really really helps um, I think the other thing, um, for me personally was, um, at our Mitchell location, I like started with them as fresh babies and they've grown with me for 13 years. And so they just know our culture and know who we are and know this yeah. is what we've grown into. Um, Sioux Falls is a newer location and they were a culture before me. And now we're trying to go- grow this culture after me and become, you know, and in my head, I think we should all become one culture, but it's not doesn't work like that because remember women (laughs) Um, so i think mostly just kind of getting everybody on the same page was huge in that aspect but yeah just living it intentionally every day is 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 a really hard thing to do so you need somebody there um and it's like um coming from me it's like your mom telling you something every single day you don't (laughs) listen and then somebody else tells you and then you're like oh yeah that makes so much sense yeah and i'm like oh uh, I'm telling you that every day. So it's just good having outside boys come in and, and um, tell them those things too. So. Absolutely. We hear that a lot. I mean, that's true for a lot of things, you know, because yes. when you're with people day to day, it's like it's like living with your kids, right? You don't necessarily see them growing the same way as that uncle or aunt or whoever who hasn't right. seen them for a couple months. And it's like, oh, my God, look how you grow. When you're there every day, sometimes you don't get a chance to see that growth or lack of growth, you know, because um, right. you're right up close to it. And, and that's why it's good to have different eyes on it. Sure. But you yourself, you're a person that is um, uh, you're uh, aspiring um, uh, coach yourself as you start to develop your brand and really wanting to take this idea of developing um, women in particular out into the world. What made you want to kind of start to play that role and start to branch out and do a little bit more? Um, a little bit of it just had uh, has to do with, I mean, oh, I always want to be growing and to do, be doing something different. I'm not a very good sit still type of person. Mm-hmm. So always wanting to do more and be bigger and better and do something different. Um, over the last couple of years, I've got to um, basically take a next step in my career where I'm mm-hmm. now training managers to do what I'm doing with the staff. And so that puts me in like a new role and yeah. I have to figure out what that is and where I want to go with it. So I kind of think that's that's mainly um, what made me want to step into that and just um, – I mean, I I see the successes that we've had in the past, and so just kind of being able to bring that to other people is, like I said, just passing on that knowledge is always huge. So yeah, what gave you the courage to do that? Because you know we deal with a lot of folks who we encourage to use their voice and get out there and do those things. It's really hard for them. We have a lot of leaders that are dealing with imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. a lot of leaders that are questioning themselves, and so they don't think that they're qualified to be a mentor or they're qualified to teach somebody else. And, and everybody always wants to be there before they start to teach other people. What gave you the courage to step out there and really start building this thing? 
Um, I think mostly it's just it's just the like sharing your knowledge. Like it's, yeah. it seems always seems to me to be selfish to keep things that you know you've you've spent blood, sweat, and tears figuring out over the years. Like just keep that to yourself. So just spreading the knowledge, I think, is probably the biggest thing for me. And and just knowing that it's not like I don't, I don't know everything and I don't know what I'm doing, but I, if I can help you with one thing or yeah. or you can try this one thing that worked for me or whatever, like I think that just really. Um, makes it easier to do that knowing that I mean I'm not an expert by any means but if I can help in any way that yeah. I, mean, I just want to share that so I love it well I mean you've owned some salons for a long time I think it makes you an expert but that's one of those things yeah. where it's just like saying you know we, we like we always talk to people is that you don't necessarily know how to get someone from here to there but you know how to get somebody from there to here you know yes. what I mean? You've done that. And there's a lot of people who are on year two of owning a salon mm-hmm. that couldn't imagine being at year 13. Right. There's people who have one location that couldn't imagine having two locations. Yeah. Like you said, if you can help people get from there to here, that's a big deal. That's a lot of knowledge deal. in that. Yeah. Um, all right. Bringing it back to COVID, which was crazy. Yes. And, you know, um, figure it out is the thing for CultureCon. That is what we are you know, really challenging people to think about, right? How do you develop that attitude to figure it out when something comes at you that you can't control, that um, you can't really plan for? Um, how do you adapt? How do you move? How do you stay focused? How do you figure it out, so to speak? How did you start to develop that attitude? And in this kind of COVID environment, how did you guys figure it out to be where you're at right now? Um, that is like the perfect um, slogan because that is literally what you did on a, it was our kind of joke always was like, okay, we're just going to live like week to week and see how it goes. And then it was like day to day. And then it was hour to hour. Like every, every decision we were making was like, like in real time. So, um, we, we truly lived, um, and again, going back to being with 30 women. And then if you think about every one of our clients, a majority of them are also women. So you mm-hmm. have to take all of their like emotions mm-hmm. and um, deal with that. Um, we actually brought you guys on, I think right before COVID started. So we had you guys all through COVID, which I think was a huge help for us just to, I mean, keep the culture in check. Um, but it was, it really turned our business around. Um, I was again, like I said before, like very black and white and like, mm-hmm. like this is how we do things. Um, uh, COVID was anything but black. I don't think it was gray. I don't even know what it was. Um, so it was just taking every day and what made people feel good, putting people in there, com- being comfortable, um, doing whatever we could to keep everybody safe. Um, and it, it really just brought a lot of feelings into it, which yeah. was hard, but also really just brought a lot of perspective to the business in itself. Um, and then it really, I mean, it brought everybody together as a team because we all were dealing with it. We all had yeah. to figure life out. I mean, your life, your work, your kids, whatever, you had to figure it all out. So um, I really think that it it grew us as humans yeah. for sure, um, but it also grew us in business. I mean, I think I look at now and we're coming back from COVID like with a vengeance, which is really amazing. Um, and even when we were shut down COVID wise, I mean, we weren't shut down for a long time, but I mean, we were adjusting mm-hmm. periods. Um, we stayed on top of it and stayed busy. And like I said, people still wanted to come. They did not want us to be shut down. So um, it was a really great, I mean, silver lining of COVID. It was a great turning point for yeah. our business just to to see that side of people and clients and staff wise. Yeah. I think that was the case for a lot of people where 
um, the organizations that the number one went into it having a, a pretty strong culture that were doubling down on it during that period mm-hmm. and yes. really having that figure it out attitude. I found that in many of those cases, those folks are coming out of COVID better. Mm-hmm. You know, they've, they've developed new revenue streams, new processes. They're more flexible. And when we talk about young people, that's one of the things that they all want is flexibility. Yes. People don't want to be in this rigid thing where it's just procedures and policies and rules and yada, yada, yada. Rather, using real logic, using some consideration, being thoughtful about what's happening in the moment and how it applies. And I think that's a difficult thing to do, especially for folks who grew up in the old system of carrot and stick where everything was a policy. And now I think people are realizing that sameness isn't fairness. Yeah. That the most fair thing you can do in many times is deal deal with people individually. I think what people are looking for is consistency of logic. They want to know that there's a thought process. But as we tell people, you know, somebody wanting to go home because their child is sick is not the same as somebody wanting to go home so they can play a new video game that they got. Right. Sameness is fairness is a different thing. So how do you deal with that piece of it? Right. Because you have some people going in and going out. You have people being quarantined. You have people who are making different life decisions in terms of their families and things of that nature. So all of that is in upheaval. There's no clear blanket policy that you're able to lean on. What was kind of your thought processes, your strategy to have that flexibility and adaptability during that time? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, your Vani words, like sameness isn't fairness, has been a very um, common theme at our <laughs> so on the last year. So we use that a lot in a lot of terms when we deal with situations. But you're exactly right. Like it, it has been, um, it has opened us up to be, to like think through the each situation and and not necessarily go back to like the rule book, like you said, and say, well, this is how we do things. I'm mm-hmm. um, just trying to make it. Um, because again, like you can create a um, good life, family and and work. And we try to, I mean, as far as having, again, having 30 some women on your staff, like family is important. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I have three kids of my own, so I understand how that works. So um, I want them to be able to live a life, to be able to be, you know, where their family comes first and their, their work is um, still can be important to them. Um, and so, yeah, just basically working with each individual and figuring out what their needs are and what they want. And um, I think the biggest challenge of that is then the next person next door or like, you know, like, like, oh, she gets to go home because her kids are sick all the time, but I don't have any kids. So that's not fair, you know, like mm-hmm. or whatever it is, you know. And so um, like just keeping it like on the same playing field, like we would give the same consideration to everybody Um, as managers of the salons. It's made us really just sit down and um, be rational about what we're deciding um, instead of just having the black and white answer. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing is I think what most people want is just to know that you're in the decision, right? That you're considering it. You're really being thoughtful about what their experience is. Um, Give us your figure it out tip give us that thing that for that person who's like i don't know what i'm doing that's overwhelmed give us that one thing that you would just give as a piece of advice for somebody who's in a position where they're going to need to figure it out um i would say probably for me like when it's me um i let other influences get in my head a lot Mm -hmm. um just because i want to take into consideration what everybody else is thinking um but if you can sit down and I always have like a, a one or two person that I can just sit down and hash it out with. Like, mm-hmm. here's the, here's 
our situation. Here's what we're doing. What should we do? Um, and just talk it out and then make making the decision on my own, like in my own and just having the confidence that I know what I'm doing yeah. um, because nobody, nobody's going to be a hundred percent happy with the decisions that you make or what you do. You're not going to make a hundred percent of the people happy. That is for sure. <laughs> Never ever. <laughs> I mean, if I get 50%, I might be excited right. about it. Um, but so just having the confidence in what you're deciding. I mean, again, going back to just being rational about what you're deciding and knowing that you've put the thought process into it and you've kind of weighed the decision making and what you need to do and what the next step is and where you need to go. Um, you've put all the thought process into it and then you can have the confidence that you've made the right decision without having 30 people give you their yeah. advice. <laughs> well, that is you. I mean, you want to, you want to hear all of those things, but you really want to think it through and you really want to know why you're doing what it is you're doing, not to defend it, but so that you can develop buy-in so right. that you can explain it. You can give people the why you can help them understand what the value of it is. Yeah. And so many times leaders are making decisions kind of willy nilly. And the mistake that we think a lot of people make is, is that they allow their, position to justify their ideas versus their ideas justifying their position, right? I think part of the reason is letting people know I'm here because I'm experienced, because I have a knowledge base, because I have things to offer, and that's why I'm in this position, right. and that's why I'm making this type of decision. You know, otherwise, you're just kind of tiptoeing around it, and, and, and people can't believe in it if they don't think you believe in it. Yeah. One of the things that um, we ha we do a lot um, and kind of kind of – backwards from what I was just saying too, but I, I always really like to include my staff in decision-making, yeah. let them be heard, let them have a voice and let mm -hmm. them say what they want to say. And definitely take all of that into consideration when making mm -hmm. your decision. Because, um, even if, like you said, even if, if you don't go with what their idea is or they want to do, you have a why of why you didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, but also they, they have a different perspective than you have. You're mm -hmm. you're looking at things from the top. They're looking at things from like real world life. So mm -hmm. um, letting them have an input and just hearing what they have to say, it also just makes them feel good. It yeah. makes them feel heard. And they want they want and need that. It's about, and you might come across that great idea, but as you pointed out, you know, giraffes and turtles can be looking in the same direction. And they're going to see very different things, yes. right? They're going to have different vantage points. One is going to see the top of grass. The other one is going to see the top of trees. It's going to be a different. Right. Uh, viewpoint. And yes. I think being able to distill all of that is a, is a really, really, really important skill. So for you, the individual, how have you developed most over this last 18 months? And what's that thing that you're going to take into the future? Um, I think I've developed most just um, having... Um, one, I have confidence in like my my leaders that I have at the salon, so that mm -hmm. feels really good. Um, if I I can walk away and and be gone for a week, and everything would still run how I would run it if I wasn't there. So that's a lot of confidence built in that, which is really nice. Um, which then just in turn gives me the ability to open up and and do something new and, yeah. and just be progressing the business some, something different something new something bigger better absolutely okay let's wrap it up with this um what is something that you would tell future you right a year from now and what is something that you think future you would tell you now um, We're not playing games here at Think 3D, okay? I know. We do the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> I was like, pretty sure you're pretty easy until now. But, um, okay, I would tell future me um, to um, just kind of just 
go for it. Just do what you do what you do what's in your head. Don't be scared to do what you're doing. Um, the like figure it out and just do it thing is really, I mean, it's it is true to true to form. If you do mm-hmm. it, it's not as scary once you do it. It seems scary all the way up until the point. And then when, when it happens, you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. You know? Yeah. So just do that. Uh, just do it. Do what you're thinking. Um, future me would tell me now. Why didn't you do this sooner? That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was not so scary. Not so hard. You know, why didn't you just go for it? So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we appreciate having you. We appreciate uh, your support and being able to engage with you all the time. I'm excited for people to look forward to you out there in the world coming to uh, a big stage near you. That's awesome. Um, you also have some cool stuff happening. You have an event coming up that you guys are going to be doing. You yes. want to tell us about that at yeah, all? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll give you a little bit of a background just because if you're not in the hair world, you don't know. So back in the, like 10 15 years ago, they would have big, huge hair shows that you go to. And I think, I don't know if you really go to get education or if you go to like see all your friends and buy a bunch of stuff and, you know, whoop it up. All of the above. They were fun. They were really fun. Um, They kind of went away from that um, just through the years. I don't know why. I don't know what they did. So, um, but now they're, now we get a lot at Hollywood Style, we believe in a lot of education. So we get a lot of education that's very hands-on and in our salon and very individualized. Um, but again, going back to the, if you, if you have it, share it, why yeah. not? I mean, thing, like if we're going to get these big educations, um, events happening, why not share it with other people in the world? So we are having a old school hair show, I'm going to call it, um, Hollywood style hair show that is going to be a lot of stage work, a lot of um, just really cool things happening downtown Sioux Falls at the Icon, which is going to be super cool. I'm super excited about that. Um, it's just going to kind of bring back a little old school DJ fun yeah. stuff. It's going to just be um, another Vani stage, or, the be- or Vani saying better for you or better you is better for everyone. That's kind of our point on everything, just kind of yes. being better us and um, so that everybody else can be better. So that's coming up. I love it. So make sure you check for that. Yes. And of course, you can always check for Think 3D at the uh, website listing3d.com or you can check us out on all of our socials, uh, which is Think 3D Solutions. Uh, make sure you stay up with all of the things that we're doing here at Thinker Network. We thank you so much, Trish, for coming by. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right. Until next time, we will see you guys later. Appreciate you.